John, the 16th chapter. And while you're turning there, in fact, I'll be reading this out of the Amplified Translation. Father God, we, we approach your throne humbly, reverently, today in Jesus' name. I ask for fresh manna from heaven to be delivered to us today. Open up our ears spiritually. Open up our eyes spiritually and cause us to have wisdom and revelation from heaven today that will transform and change our very lives. Father, we bind every distraction, every hindrance in Jesus' name today. And we thank you that the word of the Lord will have free course and be glorified today, as your word says. And so we thank you. We approach it in Jesus' name with our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I want to go a little different direction today. You know, we spent eight weeks, can you believe it? Eight weeks on our last series on being determined. We said, we talked about how the being determined is a major key when it comes to receiving anything from the Lord. You have to be determined. You can't quit. You can't give up. And we spent a number of weeks on that. And, uh, but you know, I felt led of the Lord today to go into a a uh, short series here, a new series called A Fresh Look at the Ministry of the Holy Spirit. A Fresh Look at the Ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now I remember hearing Jesse Duplantis' testimony. I don't know, probably a lot of you here have probably heard his testimony when he went to heaven. Matter of fact, the name of his book where he records all that is called Close Encounters of a God Kind. Okay. And uh, and in that book, he goes into great detail how the Lord took him out of his body. He went to heaven. Actually, he believes he was in his body. He went to, took him heaven to heaven and spent three or four hours there. And the Lord showed him several things. And one of the things I remember him saying that was really interesting, <laughs> because he's there, he's in heaven, Jesus is there, his angel's there. And, uh, and he asked this question. He said, can I ask you a question, Jesus? He said, I see you, I see the Father, but where's the Holy Spirit? Okay, he asked this question, he says, where's the Holy Spirit? And he said, son, he's in the earth. He says, oh yeah. <laughs> I knew that, but you know. <laughs> he said, yeah, the Holy Spirit is in the earth. I wanted to say this but as a launch pad, talking about this today, that the only active member of the Trinity in the earth today, in the earth today, is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Jesus Christ could appear in the earth, and He has, but He is in heaven at the right hand of God the Father with the Father. They're both in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is here in the earth, and He has been here, and He left, when Jesus left here, He left the Holy Spirit here for us. And I think what we want to do is we want to look at some scriptures that are familiar to us, but what we want to see is we want to uncover some things and show you some things about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how, how that you can activate His ministry in your personal life. You see, a lot of people think that the Holy Spirit's only job is to show up at a church service. Now, praise God for that. We need, without the Holy Ghost, forget it. It's like you have nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you don't have the Holy Ghost in a church service, all you have is just dead religion. Amen. I mean, just for five minutes, you take the Holy Spirit out, you lose all the power, all the energy, everything. You know? But I thank God that the Holy Spirit is here and He's a person. Now, in John chapter 16, 
and verse 7. We're going to read a few verses here this morning. So I want you to see here. This is the Amplified. Jesus said, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is. Now notice this phrase. It is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby will not come to you in close fellowship with you. But if I go away, Jesus said, I will send him to you to be, notice this, in close fellowship with you. Notice he says that the Holy Spirit will be in close fellowship with you. Verse 8 says, And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness, uprightness and heart, right standing with God and about judgment, about sin, because they do not believe in me, trust and rely and adhere to me. In verse 10, about righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God, because I go to my Father and you will see me no longer. And about judgment, because the ruler, evil genius, prince, of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned, sentenced already, is passed upon him. And verse 12, I have still many things to say unto you, but you are not able to bear them or to take them upon you or to grasp them now. But when the Spirit of truth, I love it, he's called the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of truth is, uh, life, uh, truth-giving Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak on his own message. He will not speak his own message on his own authority. But he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. And he will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come. That will happen in the future. He will honor and glorify me. Because he will take and receive, draw upon what is mine, and will reveal it, declare it, disclose it, transmit it even unto you. Can I have an amen? Now that's, there's a lot in there, amen? There's a, but it's talking about the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now the first thing I want to say is this, and you know, in case you're not aware of this, the Holy Spirit actually is a person. He's not a thing. He's not a thing. He's not an influence. He's not the wind. He's not the fire. He might be in the wind. He might be in the fire. But he's not the wind. He's not the fire. The Holy Spirit is a person. Let's say that. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, secondly, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. He's called the comforter. Now, Jesus Christ, when he was on this earth, is the only person that was living at that time that had the Holy Ghost not only upon him, but in him. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. So you could say it like this. Jesus was filled with the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And as long as the disciples were with Jesus, they had a Comforter. Now stay with me here. Because if they had questions, they needed comfort, who would they go to? Jesus. Why was Jesus the comforter? Because he had the Holy Spirit comforter inside of him. And he was able to minister that to not only his disciples, but to many other people. 
Okay? There is no comforter like the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, when Jesus began to talk about departing and leaving, they didn't understand that. They got upset. They said, what are you talking about? Leaving us. What do you mean, leave us? And he said, it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage. It's advantageous. It's expedient for you that I go away. Now, that doesn't make sense to a natural person's thinking because they're thinking, wait a minute, you're saying you're going to leave and we're going to be better off? I don't think so. <laughs> That's like someone say, I'm going to take your home, but you're going to be better off. That didn't compute. But let's, let's look, at, uh, look at John 14. You see, I believe that when we teach along this line, we're going to start to access and realize we can access the Holy Spirit's ministry 24-7. You know what that means? 24 hours a day for seven days. That's all the time to access His ministry. Somebody asked a preacher one time, he goes, do we need, they said, preacher, do we need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? He goes, well, I'll tell you what, I need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good mindset because you realize you're practicing the presence of God everywhere you go. Amen. See, we don't want to just reserve the ministry of the Holy Spirit to a church service, you know, and you know, and then we go out and then we're in our real, the real world, so to speak. We want to access the Holy Ghost all the time. Man, when you're on the job, you're in training, doing something, you're doing whatever you're, whatever you're doing. If you realize the Holy Spirit is with you, my goodness, you can have access to Him all the time. And I will say this, that the Holy Spirit loves doing what He does. He is not in an arm lock somewhere in a half Nelson, you know, a wrestling move. You know, you've seen people put, put them in a mood and say, come on, you're going to do this. They are doing what they do because they love to do what they're doing. Same with the angels. They're not like, all right, we've got to do this today. We've got to protect that guy today. They love to do. They hearken to the voice of God. They love to do. The Trinity loves to do what they're doing. They're delighting in what they're doing today. And the Holy Spirit delights and speaking to you and comforting you and revealing himself to you. Many times, many times, the Holy Spirit is trying to comfort us, but we're not in a position to hear what he's saying because we block him out. We block him out. Now, the Holy Spirit can and will use other individuals through them to comfort you and to speak to you. I believe he's doing that today. But we're not just limited to that. As a believer, you have a built-in comfort on the inside of you that can speak to you, bring comfort to you, and calm a troubled heart. If you have a troubled heart, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. The only reason that I would have a troubled heart is because at that present time, I'm not accessing the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life when He wants to. He's called the standby. That's one of His, his names, right? What does that mean? He's standing there waiting to help. He's there. Come on. <laughs> he's stand, he's the intercessor, advocate, standby, praise God. But in John 14, verse 16, in the King James, it says, And I will pray, Jesus said, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter. Say another comforter. Now, that word comforter there is the word paraclete. It's the Greek word paraclete. And it means this, one called to stand alongside. 
So it actually, an accurate, more accurate word to say that another comforter of the same kind is going to come to you. I will pray the Father, he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you for a month. <laughs> oh, that was the devil's translation. He says, I will pray the Father, he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you for what? Forever. Say forever. forever. Say, how long is that? Forever. There's not a time limit on that. Okay? So if you're on the earth, and think about this, at your worst moment in this life so far, the worst, mo- the, the, the time in your life where you felt almost abandoned and you felt lonely and you felt depressed, the worst time in your life, God was right there. The Lord was right there. Praise God. Now I wish I would have known that years ago. Because sometimes we act as if there is no God. But He's actually right there. Willing and able and wanting to talk with us. Do you know the Father loves to talk to us? Amen. Now in John 14 it says right there, verse 17, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but you know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And in verse 18, God says this, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come unto you. I will come unto you. I will not leave you comfortless. You have a comforter. Praise God. Now the Old Testament folks couldn't say that. There was no comforter. Trouble came, the Bible even says that trouble came on every side, but there was no comforter. Read about that in the book of Job. There was no comforter. But you and I have a comforter, the Holy Spirit, on the inside of us. I'm so glad for that. Amen. The Lord is more eager to speak to us and talk to us than we even know. He's eager. People talk about the silent years and so forth, but there listen, when God's when you understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit, there's no more silence. He is talking to us all the time. We just have to have ears to hear what he's saying to us. Now, in John 14, in the Amplified, verse 25, I'm just sort of laying a foundation here today. But it's important to do that, isn't it? A fresh look at the Holy Spirit and His ministry. Verse 25 in the Amplified says, I've told you these things while I'm still with you, but the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and he will cause you to recall, he will remind you of and bring to your remembrance everything that I have told you. Isn't that wonderful? And then verse 27, peace, shalom, I leave with you. My own peace, now I give unto you. Not as the world gives, do I give unto you. Let not your hearts, now notice this, do not let your hearts be troubled Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful, intimidated, or cowardly, or unsettled. Now isn't that interesting? Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. So who's, think about it from this scripture here, whose responsibility is it whether I have a troubled heart or not? Is it God's or is it mine? Moi. <laughs> Amen. 
So if, if I have a troubled heart, if I have a troubled spirit, I can't blame God. Uh, sometimes your flesh wants to. Wants to blame other people, blame God. You know, if it wasn't for them, man, I'd have this, you know. But Jesus said there, He says, you don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Well, how's that going to happen? He says, believe in God, believe also in me. <laughs> believe on me. Praise God. Have you had, has anybody here ever had a troubled heart before? Maybe even recently. Maybe this morning. Had a troubled heart. <laughs> you know? Because you're looking at things. You don't like what you're seeing. You're hearing things. You don't like what you hear. You might feel lonely. You might feel rejection. or I mean, it could be any number of things, you know? And it, it, the purpose behind that is to bring a troubled heart to you. And a troubled heart is remedied by the fact that you realize God is with us. Holy Ghost is with us. He's our comforter. He's my standby. Praise God. And I've gone, I've, I've, at times I've gone to the Lord when I felt lower than a snake's belly. That's low. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. I, my preacher friend in Texas came up with that. You know, Lower than a snake's belly. Well, that's about as low as you can get. Someone say, I'm not on the bottom of the barrel. I'm on the bottom of the barrel. I'm under the barrel. The barrel's on top of me. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? But even in your darkest hour, in your hardest moment, there is a comforter. And there is a spirit called the Holy Spirit who is a person who happens to be committed to you 100%. He is fully, he's, he's, he dove in. He is completely committed to helping you, to speaking to you, to guiding you, and to, to direct you. See, the Holy Spirit takes His job very seriously. But not to the point where He doesn't have joy. The Holy Ghost is the life of the party. Whew. Talk about a drama queen. In a good sense. <laughs> Man, when the Holy Ghost shows up, life shows up. Amen? Joy shows up. The Bible even says in John chapter... No, Romans 14, it says that the kingdom of God is not what you eat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Notice joy is connected to the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, you can't even get a sad Holy Ghost. <laughs> you can't get a sad Holy Ghost. He's happy. And sometimes you can get so full of the Holy Ghost that you laugh hysterically. And nobody told a joke. It's not something necessarily funny per se. But you can get so full of God. I mean, when, on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with what? The Holy Ghost. They thought, it was 9 o'clock in the morning, the natural people there in that city literally thought that they were drunk on physical wine. Because they must have been acting and talking and behaving in a way that reminded those people that, they're drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning. Now just stop and wait for me. Hear what I'm saying. Peter stood up. And prior to that, he couldn't even stand up to a little girl that was picking up sticks for a fire. But all of a sudden, Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost. And he starts preaching to 3,000 people. Now most people think that Peter should be in a preacher's rehab somewhere. 
So what do you mean? You're getting up and preaching. You just denied the Lord. Not once. Not twice. But three times. He should feel like a worm. He should be in a rehab center somewhere. Are you with me now? But the Holy Ghost came so powerfully upon him, he was able to forget his past. He just denied the Lord a couple of days before that. Just denied the Lord three times. <laughs> Amen? And the power of the Holy Ghost had such an impact on him that he was able to forget his past and move into his future. He knew, he knew what he did. But the Holy Spirit is the life of the party. And when he comes, he brings life. You cannot stay sad. There, the Holy Ghost is not a sad Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, it's funny because sometimes the Holy Spirit, to, to me, the way it affects me sometimes when the Holy Spirit manifests, I start to cry. And I'm not a weepy, cry person. That's not my personality. I'm not like that. Some people can cry just like that. That's not me. But when the Holy Spirit shows up and I sense His presence and His goodness, I start to weep. But it's not a sad cry. It's not like I just lost my best friend. It's not, it's not like it's a, it's a joyful. You know what I'm talking about? You ever, ever experienced that before? And sometimes music can affect you that way. Certain worship can really affect you that way. But it's crazy sometimes because sometimes you can be weeping and crying, but then on the tail end of that, you start to laugh. And it's a holy thing. It's a holy thing. The Bible says that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So a merry heart, a happy heart, is like a medicine. And it releases what they say they call endorphins into your brain that actually bring healing and restoration to your physical body. One uh, medical doctor said this, Don Colbert said this, he said, when you laugh, it's like jogging internally. Right, Nancy? She runs marathons. She knows what she's talking about. I still haven't run one yet. Amen. I think about it. I read about it. But I haven't done it. <laughs> but they say when you, when you laugh, you're releasing things on the inside of you. And I'll tell you, a couple of weeks ago, we were up. You know how you just, just you're going through life, basically, and also everything just seems, oh, just difficult, hard and everything. And, and you don't realize how serious you're getting. And I forget what it was, but something came up. And uh, actually, I was talking to Brother Dan. Oh my, goodness. oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I won't go into detail, but I was talking. He was in the hospital. The devil put an attack on him. He was in the hospital. And uh, thank the Lord for his mercy over him. Thank you, Jesus. And um, such a dear brother in the Lord, I'll tell you. And, and I was on the phone. Just, I was kind of half out of it anyway. I was physically tired. And he began to tell me some things. And I'm telling you, I'm on the telephone you know, and I called him up to pray with him just to see how he's doing and so forth. And uh, were you in the house at the that happened? Was it? You weren't there. And uh, and I'm telling you, he began to tell me about some situations in the hospital that he was in, he was involved with. <laughs> it was bad, but uh, but he just let the Lord 
use him to minister to somebody else that was a roommate there in the hospital, you know. Without going into great detail, it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. It hit me like a ton of bricks of joy. And I started laughing on the telephone to the point I was actually snorting. (laughs) Now, that means you're laughing real hard. That means you lose all dignity. You're not trying to look cool. (laughs) That's one thing I appreciate about Brother Dan so much. He he knows how to yield to the Holy Ghost, you know. And, um, but I'm telling you, boy, did I need that. I didn't realize how much I needed that. And then, I mean, it seemed like a 30-minute thing. I was just laughing and laughing, but it felt so good, you know. So we're, it's late at night. We're going to just about 1130 at night. We're, we're getting ready to go to bed. And I told Lynn what happened. She started laughing. The, the bed just started shaking and stuff. We just started laughing. It was like, how are we ever going to sleep here tonight, you know? You remember that? But it, it was a holy thing. It was a precious, it was a holy thing, the presence of God. And after it was all said, I was laughing so hard, I was sweating. You know what I'm saying? But I said, Jesus, thank you. I needed that more than I even realized. I needed that. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Because I tend to be more, of a, more on the serious side of things. You know what I mean? When I first, when I first met Lynn, you know, she, you know, it kind of offended me at first. But she said, uh, she said, uh, can I be honest with you? I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, I didn't think you had any teeth. She goes, you don't smile a whole lot. So I look in the mirror like, yeah, they're there, they're there, man. I got teeth there. But you know what? Initially, I was a little offended at that. You have been offended at your mate? <laughs> but it's true because... See, here's the thing. I, I was a firstborn. You know how typical firstborns, you know, they take, they take things a lot more seriously and so forth, you know. And, and that, was, that was me. That was me. And everything was just serious. It was, it was, there was no fun. There was no joy. It was just take life seriously. And I was so serious about my walk with God that I wasn't taking time. I didn't even know I was doing it. That's, I was clueless. I didn't even know I was doing it. But I, was, I loved God so much, I wanted to please Him. I, was so, I just wanted to do what was right. But I left out one main ingredient, joy. I didn't even know it. I didn't even realize what I was doing. And it was like the, the scales were just lifted off my eyes, and I began to realize, where have I been? I'm supposed to enjoy this thing called life, this journey. Amen? We're supposed to enjoy our walk with Christ. Praise God. And so I started to shift a little bit. It took some time. Even to this day, I've got to keep it before me. Hey, it's time to enjoy life. Not everything's about working all the time and work, 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 and work some more and work some more. You've got to enjoy some life too. It's good to get away once in a while. It's good to get refreshed. It is. Because after a while, you, you begin to break down. You need times of refreshing. And the Bible says... The times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Now, a lot of people think that you have to be somewhere else geographically. You've got to go somewhere else to have this kind of thing. Listen, you can have joy right here in your house right here. You can have it right now. It's misleading to think you've got to, you know, you've got to go to Israel to experience God's presence. No way. I thank God for Israel. I'd like to go there someday, but I might not. 
But that doesn't mean I'm missing out. The God of Israel lives inside of me. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Hallelujah. So, the comforter, when he, Jesus said, when he leaves, I will send him unto you. So, remember this. The comforter is the Holy Spirit. He lived in Jesus. And so, if they needed comfort, they would go to him. But Jesus said, when I leave, I will send him unto you. The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus, now if you're born again, lives inside of you. I like to say you're wall to wall Holy Spirit. Amen? There's no hardwood floors. Little throw area rugs. You understand? Your wall to wall Holy Spirit. Say, I'm wall to wall Holy Spirit. <laughs> Glory to God. Joy is contagious. Peace is contagious. Amen. And why do we why do we tend not to walk in that joy, walk in that peace? I'll tell you exactly why. Because we're looking at outward circumstances to determine how we are inwardly. But actually, we're looking to God, we're looking to His Word and His presence to, to determine how we act and how we feel. Matter of fact, the way you feel right now is a direct correlation to what you have been thinking upon. All of us. Me, me too. The way that I feel at this present moment now, I feel great right now because <laughs> I'm with y'all. I'm with the body of Christ. This is true family right here. Sometimes you can't even get along with your natural family, but man, we've got the family of God. How many got some family members that's hard to get along with them sometimes? You know what I'm talking about? Because they, they see you after the natural, and that's it. And they don't see you. But I'm telling nothing like the family of God. We come together. I love the family of God. We get support from one another, hold each other up, support one another. It's a wonderful thing. What was I saying before that? I was on a mission there. What was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if we're looking, the, the way that we feel at the present moment is a direct, now the Lord showed me this. A direct correlation to what your predominant thoughts are right now. What are your predominant thoughts right now? What fearful thoughts are coming against you? Okay? Because we all have those things. All of us do. And it's all fear because Satan is the spirit of fear. He has nothing else but fear to give. That's, he comes and says, you're not going to have enough. You're not going to have what it takes. You're not going to be healed. You're not going to be this. You're not going to be that. And it's all based in fear. That fear has torment. The Bible says fear has torment. Well, God is the opposite of fear. He's faith. And when God shows up, He can show up in the most hopeless situation. And he'll, he'll, he'll have you laugh at the most unusual situations. You think, I should be crying right now. I shouldn't be laughing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> mm. Glory to God. Bible says in Job, it says, At destruction and famine thou shalt laugh. Ha, ha, ha. At famine and destruction. 
That's usually when you cry. At famine and destruction and lack, he says, you shall laugh. Laugh. Amen. Now, Brother Hagin taught us this back when he was on this earth, you know, back in the early 2000s. You know, he had those Holy Ghost meetings and Holy Ghost seminars. And he said, there's a move of the Spirit that will be lost to this generation. There's a move of the Spirit that will be lost to this generation unless you preachers teach and train the people how to yield to the Holy Ghost. How to yield to the Holy Ghost. And I'll tell you, there were some of the most unusual but powerful meetings I've ever been in in my life. You know, people getting drunk in the spirit, people dancing in the spirit, people laughing, especially laughing in the spirit, joy being released. And people say, that's of the devil. How could that be of the devil? <laughs> just like the day of Pentecost. Oh, they're just drunk. He said, no, we're, we're not drunk like you think. We're just filled with the Holy Ghost. Joel said, my daughters, he says, this shall come to pass in the last days that your sons and your daughters, God will pour out his spirit upon your sons and daughters and they'll prophesy, dream dreams, hallelujah. He said, this is that. This is what we're experiencing right now in the day of Pentecost. It's not, we're not drunk. We're drunk, but not by wine. We've got the new wine. See, that's why people in the natural, why people get drunk in the natural. The Bible teaches against that. You know that, don't you? Don't be drunk wearing his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And so that's just a counterfeit for the real thing. Why do people drink? Because they can loosen up. Yeah, forget their problems, only to wake up the next day and they have a hangover and they feel worse. Ask me how I know. Okay, many, many years ago. Okay, once I found out that I have access to the Holy Spirit, I can get drunk on purpose with the power of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean you lose control and you act weird and all this kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is you can live a carefree life. Hallelujah. You're not so concerned. Why drunk people, they don't care what other people. Sometimes we get so self-conscious of what other people are thinking about us when we realized if we knew how much they thought about us, we wouldn't think twice about it. It's true. You can be so self-conscious that it can just mess with you. Does everything look all right? Does the hair look all right? Does the clothes look all right? Don't care. That doesn't mean you don't want to look good, but it's like, I don't care. I don't care if my body's shaped differently. It doesn't matter. Amen? I've got God on the inside of me, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Glory to God. But the comforter which is the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will give you this comforter. He says, my peace, shalom, peace, I'm going to leave with you. How much time have we got here? Now go to Colossians real quick. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. We'll just go through this rather quickly, these next couple of scriptures here. But I'm laying a foundation here. But in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27 in the King James. I like this scripture here. To whom he would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles. Here's the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now Christ is not Jesus' last name. 
like John Smith, Jesus Christ. Christ is the anointing. It means the Christos, the Greek word. It means the anointed one and his anointing. Jesus, the anointed one. The Bible says we have this hope of glory on the inside of us. Praise God. When you become conscious of the Holy Spirit inside you, you realize, now, all of us know what it's like, uh, especially if you're a woman and you've experienced childbirth and you had a, you, you bore children, you know, and you carried children. You know what it's like to have another human being on the inside of you. We have no problem with that. We understand that. Why do we have a problem with another person living inside of us when we get born again? See, the Holy Spirit, when He moved inside of you, he, it's, He's a person. He moved inside your fingers, your hands, your head. His brain is in your brain. That's why you have the mind of Christ. It'd be like someone standing here and I take a step and I move inside them. That's exactly what happened when you were born again. And the Spirit of God moved on the inside of you. He's in your hands. He's in your legs. He's in your stomach. He's in your back. And your feet, your hands, your head. The Bible says you have the mind of Christ. You have His mind in your brain. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Say, I have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Glory be to God. Now, the Holy Spirit... His job, and we just read this in John, is three things primarily. He says, He will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will teach you all things. That's present. Yeah. Number two, He will bring things to your remembrance. That's past things. So He'll teach you. That's present. He can bring things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. Okay? One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to bring recall, supernatural recall to your mind if you forgot something. But if you heard it once, the Lord can recall it. Okay? It's like your computer. You can't bring up something unless it's first downloaded on your computer. I have a Bible program on my computer, you know. I can't bring a scripture up unless it's first downloaded on the computer. Are you with me? Now, you, the Lord can't bring something to your remembrance that you haven't first heard. But if you've heard it, He can bring it down there and bring it up. Now, I've, I've accessed this many times when I've saw people that, for example, that uh, I forgot, I met them at one time and I forgot who they were, forgot their name, actually. One, in one instance, I was talking to a guy and I, I said, Lord, I know I've talked to him. I've met him before. But in the natural, I don't know what, I don't know what his name is. I forget what his name is. Now, Lord, what's his name? And it's funny. I'm standing there, and the, the words came up, Nathan. I go, and I carried on the conversation. Oh, yeah, Nathan, how's it going, man? You know, like I knew his name the whole time. I was, I was drawing upon the wells of salvation and saying, Now, Lord, what is that? Now, when you have Scripture like that, and you download Scripture, like today you're hearing Scriptures, it's being deposited into your heart, into your mind. And at the time of need, the Holy Spirit can bring up that Scripture, bring it to your remembrance so that you can say, oh yeah, there's a Scripture that says that. Okay, so here we are. Holy Spirit teaches you all things. That's present. He's the teacher of the church. Bring all things. That's past to your remembrance. And thirdly, He will show you things to come. That's future. 
Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to show you everything about your future because then it wouldn't be necessary to walk by faith. You'd be walking by sight. But he can put things in your heart to show you a glimpse of the future to say, that's where I'm going. That's my destination. That's where I'm going. Praise the Lord. Now, quickly go to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. We have to see these couple of scriptures here before we dismiss here today. They're really important. So we're talking about revisiting the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the, in the believer's life. So number one, remember this, the Holy Spirit is a person. When you were born again and you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you did not just get forgiveness of sins. That's important. That's really important. But an actual person moved on the inside of you. An actual person moved. Amen? Amen. Uh, I'll tell you what. Could someone get me a half a glass of that water over there for an example? I'll show you one. Thanks, Josh. And get actually bring two glasses. Two glasses of water. Yeah, that'll do it right here. The Bible says, if any man be joined to the Lord, he is one spirit with the Lord. If any man be joined to the Lord, he is one spirit with the Lord. <laughs> You're a wise guy. <laughs> if he can do it, I can do it, right? Okay. Here's the Lord. Here's me. Okay. Here's the Holy Ghost. Here's God. Here's my spirit. When I got born again, God poured himself into my spirit. Now, I can't ever separate this one again. I can't separate the water molecules and put them back where they belong. Because when God poured his spirit into me, and I pour back into him, we are one spirit with the Lord. Are you with me? You have God on the inside of you. Now, this scripture says right here in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, in the Amplified, it says, Do, not, do you not discern and understand that the whole church at Corinth are God's temple? Or we'd say here at Covenant Family Church, are God's temple, His sanctuary, and that God's Spirit has His, notice this, permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. The Amplified just really bears that out there. Thank you, Jesus. The whole temple, God's church at Corinth, are God's temple, His sanctuary. I love this part, His permanent dwelling. <laughs> well, He doesn't come and go. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, same book, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Basically says the same thing right here, I love it, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Do you not know, it's verse 19, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, you are not your own. 
verse 20 says, You are bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness, and paid for, made his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your physical body. So again, this scripture says again that we're our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, go to 2 Corinthians, over the next book, 2 Corinthians. And this will be our closing scripture here. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 6, 15. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 15 in the Amplified says, Of course, Paul is writing this by the Holy Ghost. And he says this, What harmony can there be between, a, between Christ or Belial, the devil? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? All right? He's talking about relationships with an unbeliever. He says, What agreement can there be between the temple of God and idols? Now notice there that the, the, the believer is called the temple of God. He says, For we are the temple of the living God, even as God said, I will dwell in and with and among them, and will walk in them and among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Paul says three times, twice in 1 Corinthians and then here in 2 Corinthians, he makes this statement, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Is Jesus a healer? He is. So, when you understand the fact that the healer lives inside of you, it's easier to get healed. Makes sense, doesn't it? When you realize the healer, now the Holy Spirit, you can access His ministry and His, His ministry to you personally as much as you want. Or as little as you want. Okay? Now I'm married to, to Lynn. I praise God for her. You know? I love this woman. <laughs> I have as much access to her as I want. I can speak to her anytime I want. Even at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now she wouldn't like that. But I'm making a point. I'm in a covenant with her. I'm married to her. Okay? And... So I have privileges with her that no one else has, and vice versa. Now that's the way it is with our relationship with Christ, is that I have, you have access 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year plus one day for leap year, that you have access to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now He wants to help you, but you have to ask Him to help you, to ask Him to help you. You, like myself, have been in situations where you feel totally helpless. You feel like, but I'll say this, there is a God. There is a God. And He is interested in you. He is interested in you. And He wants to help you. And He wants to lift you up. And He wants to give you information in your heart, in your mind, that will help you to settle a troubled heart. Oh, so many times I just had a troubled heart, just worried about things. You know, when you worry about things, you have a troubled heart. Why do we worry? Well, simply because we're not trusting. 
when I worry, I'm not trusting. If I worry about this thing or that thing, in reality, I'm not really trusting. Why do I worry about my children? Why do I worry about my finances? Why do I worry about the future? Among other things. I'm just hypothetically. The reason that I worry would worry about those things is because I'm not trusting the Lord that He loves me enough to take care of me. Okay? I would be pretty alarmed if my son, he's 28, my daughter's 24, I'd be pretty alarmed if they came down one day into the kitchen where the big refrigerator is and they got on their knees and said, Dad, please, can I have some food today? I would think, have you lost it? <laughs> Open the thing up. There's stuff in there. In fact, it's quite the contrary. You know. <laughs> it's an endless supply. <laughs> Especially with that boy back there. I mean... He works out. He likes to eat. You know, understandably so, right? But here's the thing. God, if they did that to me, I'd be like, oh, are you kidding me? You're worried about eating? I've, I'm your, I love you. I've made provision for you to have some food here. Help yourself. Okay? And sometimes that's kind of the way we are with the Lord because we don't realize He has everything. He owns it all. God owns it all. He, there's nothing that's too difficult for God. There's nothing that's too big for Him. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's the question He asked Sarah. Is anything, is anything too hard for the Lord? I think we have to ask ourselves today, is anything too difficult for the Lord? The answer to that is absolutely not. Okay? So that brings me to this point. So, okay, so how do I get rid of this troubled heart then? How do I quit worrying? How do I quit fretting and having anxiety? You know, because we're all faced with that from time to time, right? We are. We face situations. We face family situations. We're no different than y'all. We face different situations too. We may not always talk about it, but we face situations. We face challenges big time sometimes. Okay. But at the end of the day, I have to say, okay, Lord, my trust, I have to have my trust in you. And sometimes you have to go back to your roots and say, I'm having a God moment here, and I'm going to put my trust in you, Father God. I trust you. I'm tired of being tormented with fear. Matter of fact, God is delivering somebody right now, two people in here, I believe, that fear has been knocking at your door, just knocking at your door, and the Lord is setting you free right now in Jesus' name. No more fear. No more. No more. In Jesus' name, I take authority over a spirit of fear. Fear, I break your power. You have no place in us, in this congregation, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Spirit. Prestiora, Berenitsanola, Ebrikitanaya, Laskupofalia della Reto, Compel Manita la Cara de Blagrestis, Vle Blagristotol Monile, Papal Mondroso, Tretieta, Doch Kinesis, Abrodola, Bredelisis, My Petaina Nicha. Rolo red men's red cross red edition shishia ka 
Samboka. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Did not I say, saith the Lord in my word, that when you acknowledge me in all your ways, I will make straight your path? And so as you acknowledge me and you say out loud, thank you, Lord, that you live on the inside of me. Thank you, Lord, that you've made your permanent dwelling place on the inside of me. Then and only then will you begin to rise up above the circumstances that you're facing even now. And the the weight and the turmoil and the fear will literally fall by the wayside when you acknowledge my presence on the inside of you. For you see, as I've said in my word, you are my permanent dwelling place. You are my temple. And as you acknowledge the fact that your body is my temple, that I live on the inside of you, fear will have to run out the back door. Hallelujah. 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 Now the Lord just reminded me, help me Lord to remember this, in the Old Testament when they had stolen the ark of God, the enemy had stolen the ark of God and they put it next to a, their false god called Dagon. Do you remember that story? And the the, the false idol would fall flat on its face. Remember that? <laughs> and they'd wake up the next morning and think, what happened? What happened here? Well, that fake, that Dagon, that idol that they worshipped was a false god. And when the real god and the Shekinah glory of God was in that temple, that, that holy box back in the Old Testament. By the way, that holy box is now you and me. He moved from that box into me. You can't keep God in a box. <laughs> and He now lives on the inside of us. And that false God will fall flat on His face every morning. Every day when that would happen. Day gone. It's bygone now. <laughs> Amen. Now the Lord just brought this to my rem- He just, thank you Holy Spirit. I never th- ever thought of this ever before. That box was the temple of God back then. That was where the presence of God dwelt in that in the kind of glory was in that, remember that? In the temple, in the tabernacle, right? In the Holy of Holies. Now, when Jesus was raised from the dead, when he was crucified, the Bible says the, 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 the curtain of the temple was rent from top to bottom. In other words, ripped. And that Josephus, a Jewish historian, said that that curtain was 40 feet wide, 20 feet high, and four inches thick. That curtain, that's what kept the, the, the regular folks out from the presence of God. That was the Shekinah glory of God was behind that temple, or behind that curtain. Now, when Jesus was resurrected, that temple was ripped, signifying that I'm no longer going to stay in a man-made temple because God ultimately wanted to live on the inside of you and me. And that's why when he came out on the day of Pentecost, it terrified Satan because now there's not just one Jesus, there's many Jesuses because the same Holy Ghost is now in you and you and you and you and you. Amen. Now the biggest, Satan's biggest nightmare has just taken place. Now the body of Christ, there's millions and millions of people on the earth today that are filled with the Holy Ghost that got God on the inside of us. Satan is the most panicked creature that exists. He's more fearful than anything that exists because the church is growing by leaps and bounds every single day. His biggest nightmare. And he knows what lies ahead of him. But here's the thing. 
when that idol was placed in the presence of the Shekinah of glory of God, that, that Dagon God, false God, fell on its face. And they were like, how did this happen? Well, the Shekinah of glory just went, just knocked it over. And when you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, bam, there goes sickness and disease. Those things that stood before you like that Dagon God will have to fall and bow their knees. They'll have to bow their knees. That turmoil, that pressure, that sickness, that disease is the yoke destroying. We sang about it. Burden removing power of God will remove that thing from your life in Jesus' name. My body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The healer lives inside of you. He's already in there. But you, you acknowledge that. You say, yeah, my body's the temple. Say this after me. Stand up. If you would, just stand up. Say this out loud. But you know what? Don't just say it timidly or sheepishly. But say it with boldness. Say it like you mean it because you do believe it. Say, my body, my is, body the is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I've been bought with a price. I will glorify God in my body and in my spirit, which belong to God. Praise your Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And just lay your hands on yourself like this right here. Just do this right, right here, right now. You've got anointing. There's anointing in your hands. Think about that. You've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. There's an anointing inside your hands to set you free right now. Built in. Already inside you. You don't have to look outward. You don't have to look somewhere else. It's already there. <laughs> it's already in you right now. Say this in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Through, the Through the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I command, I command all sickness, all, sickness, all, disease, all disease, all pain, all, pain, all, inflammation, all inflammation to leave, to leave this, body this body in the name of Jesus. I was healed 2,000 years ago. So I thank you today, Lord. I'm healed. I'm made whole. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord Jesus. I want to close this out. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, Ramashea. Oh, Ravadea. Oh, Ravadea. Rondale Lestabron. De Fropobokaram. Holy, 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 the holy God lives inside of us. The holy God lives inside of us. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise we you thank Father. you, Father. Praise we you, thank Father. you, Father. Shobrova. Let's pray in the spirit just a minute. Holy, I don't want to get in a hurry. Let's miss out on what God might want to speak today. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Oh, 
You'll be whole. You will be whole. Many are looking here and there to be made whole. They're looking for looking into the natural for things in the natural to make things better. Oh, but I live in you and I am better. Oh, yes, and I yes. want to bring good things to you. Yes. So don't look here and there and to this place and to that place thinking that is what will make you happy, that which will bring you joy. No, 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 yes, yes. no. But look inside. For the kingdom of God rests on the inside of you. So you don't have to look here nor there, but you look within. For that is where I am. And that is where I will say to you, you are already whole. You are already complete. You are already established. So settle, 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 settle. And don't allow the enemy to push you through circumstances to get out of where the blessing is. For don't you know you are blessed. You are blessed. But allow my spirit to lead you, to guide you. Oh, my several doshe, grot da rinde dende, oh, my sovra mette dendesa, oh, varito. For many of my children are moved by circumstances. Circumstances. Don't allow circumstances to push and yes. to drive you. Yes, Lord. To cause you to make steps and moves that I've not called. But look within, look within the peace, a great peace, the peace, the peace, the peace, where you are already blessed in Jesus' name. Yes. Let's say that as we leave. We are, we're already blessed. Yes, we are. You know, it's yes, amazing to me because the enemy tries to make it, you know, push us, push us into things we're not supposed to do, you know, and we're always thinking, the devil's like, oh, you're coming up short. Well, if you only do this or you do that. No, we're blessed. I, I had somebody come up to me, and I'm telling you, this, I just can't get yes. away. It says we get into trouble when we forget how blessed we really are. It's so true. Yes. It's so, we're so blessed now. We're blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed uh, now. I am blessed now. And I have God in me now. I have God in me now. I have everything I need now. I have everything I need now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.